0: It sounds like snooker is a sport or a game. I don't know. Is it a game you call a sport? It's. A, it sounds like a competition. You need to be a Mensa member to understand. Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I'm Jordan Dollar coltman I am joined, as always, by my brother, Braden Dollar coltman And this week, we have the one, the only, Elliot Tanti back with us. He's taken a, a week off to recover after, you know, some really difficult and in-depth analysis that he gave us two or three weeks ago. Elliot, welcome back to the pod. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. You know what? Uh, a healthy rest schedule is, is critical to any uh, peak performer, and so you know, I I, I really take my rest seriously.
0: Absolutely, Brayden, You seem well rested. You look fresh, ready to go. Still unshaven. I'm
2: actually, I'm at, I'm actually a little under the weather. It turns out that uh, there are common colds still in existence beyond this virus, COVID. Uh, so beyond uh, you- being a little under the weather, I'm uh, I'm doing all right
0: how inconvenient all right well uh we shall persevere <coughs> uh, perhaps perhaps elliot with his fresh uh and well-rested um i don't know physique what am i supposed to say there
1: I don't, that joke great. didn't have a punchline he'll carry through. and it's a night just like darn elmer's there you go all right <laughs>
0: let's get to it this is Hatcher. okay topic one this week um you know, it was a weird week. We we all three of us were were texting earlier in the week, trying to be like, "Hey, what should we talk about?" And there was a couple of different stories kind of coming and going. I, I feel a little bit like we're right in the middle of like kind of the mail it in middle part of a season, and it's kind of weird because we're at March. Like, but there's always that one part in an NHL season somewhere in the middle where you just start to feel like you know you're starting to see how the standings are going to line up. You're starting to see which teams are rising, which teams are falling, but there isn't a lot of sort of that pressure that will come in a couple of weeks when, you know, brass tacks really starts to, to affect those teams that are right on the bubble and the teams that are ahead are going to start fighting and more and more. We're seeing that a little bit in the series, this three game series with the Oilers and the Leafs, because now we're, you're, you know, you're seeing two teams fight for number one, and, and that's where we're starting to get to. But it was a slower week, and it's an interesting week because we're going to talk about one of the middle of the table teams here in the North, the Scotia North Division, and that's Montreal, who is the first team to really make the first Canadian team to really make a, a big change, and the first team since Pittsburgh. We talked about Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago too. Montreal firing Claude Julien, uh, shaking up their coaching staff, uh, Dominique Ducharme uh, brought in as the new head coach, and Alex Burroughs, the former Canuck. Um, brought in as an assistant coach. So they, he gets the upgrade, and, and 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 this is an interim head coach. This is not going to be van's maybe it will be, but it isn't currently van's uh, f- official replacement for Claude Julian. This is an interim to get them through this year. I would argue that I think uh, it's a strange move, and maybe that's where we should start, because you do have a team that's four points out of a playoff spot. So we'll go to Elliot first. What was your first impressions of this
1: move when you saw it? Well, yeah, what a difference a week makes, right? Like this time last week, you guys are having a really good conversation. With Jamie about the strength and the back end of the Montreal Canadiens, and and you know for me too, you know you guys, I wasn't on the first show, but you, what was your bold predictions or or long shot predictions? I forget the name of the segment that you guys did in the first um, in the first episode. And if I had been on that show, my long shot prediction was going to be that the Canadians were going to win the division, um, and and they started off looking like that and looking really strong. So, uh, you know, a really sharp and aggressive move. By Bergevin, Um, but clearly it was a team headed in the wrong direction. They've lost now five straight. When they made the change, four straight, uh, they had given up all of that ground that they had that they had secured in that with that first uh, first little bit of the season where they were so strong. I remember that you know they swept the Oilers, and and I was a bit shocked. it was a bit shocked at, at at that. Um, and and so you know, in a lot of senses, it makes sense. Uh, it's clear Bergevin has an idea around. The way in which the team should be going and where they should be at and they weren't at that level uh, and it, so a fourth place and and just hanging on to a playoff spot was not that and he had to make a move i don't want to rehash ideas from other podcasts but there's an interesting a point Elliot Friedman made on his 31 thoughts podcast around how much money Montreal spent last summer. It's like far and above any other team. And I think that there's some real expectations around what the team was going to do this year. And that was not where they're at. And clearly he felt a swift decision had to be made. And this is about as swift as you can get. So those are my thoughts. Braden?
2: Yeah, I think I was just as confused as everybody else when it happened. Uh, you know, this team is on fire to start the season, like Elliot just mentioned, and they're now on a five-game losing streak. When it comes to Swift' decision to improve the team, I don't understand quite how uh, uh, promoting your assistant coach to to run the operations is is that. I, I mean, I yeah, I just it didn't make sense to me. This is just I talked this up to another one of uh, Mark Bergevin's um, hasty moves.
0: Well, that's interesting because. Uh, Again, last week we did spend a lot of time on the Montreal Canadiens, which is kind of ironic. And perhaps we were the, uh, you know, we have joked uh, at at length about how Braden likes to jinx uh, players on the Oilers. Perhaps Braden was part of the jinx on the Montreal Canadiens here because we spent so much time on them. And then, yeah, like three days later, boom, uh, this this was this happened. Uh, What's interesting though for me, I think, is Bergeron spoke about this. Obviously, he had a press conference, and one of the things he mentioned was that this was something that was a bigger. Picture kind of decision. This wasn't necessarily a um, a move made just based on the season's This performances so far this season, and that perhaps when you look back at how the team performed last year, they felt like they were starting to see some of the same habits uh, come out. There's a couple things happen when you're when you're working through a season. I think with certain teams, they make decisions based on personnel in the moment about who whether or not players are working, whether or not coaches are, are, have the room and all those kind of things. But sometimes it's also just systems aren't working. And I think he was feeling like maybe Claude Julian's system isn't working here. Maybe the way that he's running this team, these guys, even with the new people that he brought in, just isn't going to work. And he felt like it was time to make a decision. So I think it was a a much longer term evaluation than just this season. Because you're right, they they started off really well and there's room to improve.
1: But they're also, I mean, they can make the playoffs still. 5 goals four is a goal differential. With that back end, that top four and those two goalies, I think that team the team should be better than that. And goal differential differentiation is also a, a good indication for where you are in the standings. Are you guys wait, how, what do you think about Van? It seems like it's either you love him or you hate him. Where are you guys sitting with him? Yeah.
2: I've Never I've never been a big fan. I think that uh I mean <laughs> I just think uh, you look at some of the moves and uh, yeah, you can praise some of his offseason moves, but like you said, he just, he, 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 he spent a lot of money and that's always going to, you know, make a team better when it comes to uh, improving certain it holes you need to fill, but
0: spending money makes it some teams, better.
2: And well, when you look at what they, what they did this year uh, to Foley Anderson, I think that they sure. improved what they had before. And, and sure. the only way they could do that was with the money that they spent really? when it comes to uh, following through on a lot of those decisions. So like your head coaching decision, yeah. I think that, uh, I think that he, he missed the boat here. Well, so I think, no, I, I've never been a huge fan of Mark Bergerman' The decisions think, uh, he makes,
0: I think just to tr- I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it would seem to me then that the next coach he hires, whoever he hires, whether it's, you know, staying with Ducharme long term or or changing uh, that somebody on the offseason, that will be the last head coach that Mark Bergevin ever hires as the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens because it either will work or it will not. And he, I think he will be the next guy uh, in the hot seat. All right, that's topic one. We'll leave it there. Topic two this week is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz worthy meals. <laughs> Okay, topic two this week, we're going to pick up right where we left off, uh, but we're going to go in a slightly uh, different direction, a tangent, if you will. Um, we talked just at the end there about how van's next general manager will probably be his... Pardon me, his next coach will probably be his last because he is in the hot seat. So we wanted to play a little game of trick hot seat and and just go around and see who you have in the hot seat and who is next on the chopping block in the NHL when it comes to pressure for their job. Um, so yeah, who who whose job is on the line here and uh, who, who could we see and who maybe we'll have to have another one of these topics dedicated to figuring out why on earth they don't have a job. Braden, do you want to start us off? Who is in the hot seat for you?
2: I'd say the person that is in the hot seat is always seemingly in the hot seat whether or not he's in the hot seat or not in the hot seat. And the pick I have here is uh John Tortorella, the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have uh he's been the coach there since 2015. His first season they missed the playoffs. Second season they lost in the first round. Third season lost in the first round. Fourth season lost in the second round. And last year they lost in the first round. This team is built Uh, To win, in my opinion. Uh, And I think that there is, uh, we saw earlier this season, there was controversy around Pierre-Luc Dubois and whether or not John Tortorella was the factor that uh, made him eventually move on to Winnipeg. Uh, The minute that trade happened, Patrick Laine ended up on the team. Patrick Laine and Torts got into some sort of issue there, I just think that there's a little bit too much uh, weight there when it comes to John Tortorella. And I think that this Columbus Blue Jackets team um, uh, might might need to relieve John Tortorella of his duties uh, to, to reach their full potential.
0: There you go. Elliot, who do you have in the hot seat?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I'm not as studious as as Braden. I, I really only spend time looking at the North division and, and these Canadian teams And I got to say, if you're going to ask me last week, there's going to be a Canadian team coach getting fired. Uh, I would not have picked Montreal Canadiens. I would have picked Jeff Ward in the Calgary Flames after, you know, a really, really tough sled. Uh, I think they lost five straight, including being swept by the Oilers, and then losing 6-1 to Ottawa this week. I I mean, there's something in Calgary that's not working. I I, I don't know what it is because, you know, just as Brady said, Uh, you know, I think the the flames are built to win. I think that there's lots of good pieces there, uh, including a really strong goaltender uh, that was just brought in this year and something is not working and I don't know what it is. Um, But there's something not meshing. You're hearing, maybe there's some internal dynamics that's not working. Who's what's the missing piece. Something's out of place there. I don't know. I haven't heard Johnny hockey's name and like, three games that we've played against Calgary, something is not working with the mix of players and that team is, is built to be much better than it is. So Jeff Ward in my mind has to be on the, uh, on the hot seat, on the, on the hat trick hot seat uh, in Calgary.
0: Yeah. And we, we talked a couple of weeks ago too about Sam Bennett and that hasn't happened yet either. So there's definitely some, some, yeah. I don't think we're going to see anything there happen
2: yes. until the offseason. season.
0: Well, maybe we'll see a coaching change, as Elliot predicts, or maybe it just feels like it may happen. Uh, Let's jump to me, I guess. I'm last. Uh, Mine isn't a coach. I think that there's something different brewing out here in Vancouver. Uh, Travis Green is the coach. He's been the coach since 2017. I do think that he is in a warm seat. I think that there is definitely pressure now that this team is not doing well. However, you look at his track record, he's improved this team after the Sedins left and they sort of went into a baby rebuild. They've got some great young talent, they've gotten some some, you know, depth and some some developed players who have come up and played well. They have had some players who have struggled, Jake Fertarinen. and um, but he has moved them forward. They had a great playoff run last year. I think the hot seat out here is Jim Benning. I think we could see a GM change here before we see a coach change. And I know that's kind of weird, but sometimes you have to look at where the problem exists. And I think that getting people, or uh, getting the right players and personnel in front of this coach has been a problem out here. And 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 secondly to that, keeping players in front of this coach has been a problem. They lost Tyler Toffoli. They lost Jacob Markstrom. Those are general management problems. They are not coaching problems. You can only coach the team in front of you. We all know having watched the Oilers through the decade of darkness that it didn't matter which coach and god knows we had enough of them it, behind that bench if the personnel in front can't perform night in and night out and be competitive, the coach can keep trying any different thing he wants and ain't going to change anything. So I think Jim Benning is in the
1: hot seat. Um for, for that's that's that that'd be my pick. How much do you think of that just going to Benning cuz I think that's a really interesting idea to jump to the general managers spot really made a really strong bet on Thatcher Demko and on the, the goaltender of the future uh and giving up Markstrom. I, I mean, you have to think that's the, this, if he, if he is the one that's, that's moved at some point here, you have to think that that bet was the one that sort of was the final nail in the coffin.
0: Well, that, and like yeah. I said, it's, it's also the Jake for 10, and he's bet on a few players who it just hasn't worked. He, he is when he gets sort of, you know, in love with a certain player or a certain couple players together and they just doesn't work. He seems to not have an answer as to how to get another guy in there. Okay. I guess we'll leave it there.
1: I can't believe the three of us finished the segment before the five minutes was up. Must be a shit. We short week.
0: (laughs) All right, good. That's where we'll leave that.
2: Uh, And nothing to say about Vancouver.
0: you or someone you know own a small business? Are you looking to grow or to reach new customers? Hey, why not let us help? Hatrick is looking for unique brands, businesses, and products to advertise on our show. You can find out how we can help spread the word about your business by contacting us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. <clears throat> All right, topic three this week is a surprise to both of my co-hosts, neither of them um, know what we're about to do. Elliot thought we were doing hats off. So he has a hats off. So we will give him the honor of doing that at the end. But in the, but before that, using most of our five minutes here, uh, we wanted to play a little game of where were you when, all right, I'm going to play you a little audio clip. I want you to think back, put your memory caps on and do a little time travel with me. Tell me where you were when, Again,
2: Le- Le- again, he's on the ice for the Gimlin. The Gimlin, Sidney Crosby, the golden goal, and Canada has once in a lifetime Olympic goal. Sidney Crosby, the golden
0: goal. Eleven years ago today, gentlemen, we're recording this Sunday night. Eleven years ago today, where were you, Elliot Tanti? Eleven years ago today.
1: Oh, Okay, so everyone, can, yeah, that's so funny how everyone can name where they Okay, so I was I was in Vancouver. Um, I had had a crazy Olympics, and that I was living there. My car had been stolen during the Olympic run and used in a bank robbery. I, there's a my life. What? Yeah, that's a story for another day. I had people. I had four dudes that had just made the trip down to Edmonton, like living on the floor of my two bedroom apartment. My two roommates were just so pissed that I just allowed all these guys to like come down for five days. But I was working at uh, Metro Town Mall and uh, and been scheduled for the shift during the game and was so mad that that was the case. But I was the manager and because no one else wanted to work, I was the only manager. So I actually, there was a, there was a television in Metrotown Mall out front with couches, out front of the store that I was working in. And I basically just left the store and watched the entire <laughs> <laughs> With my headset on, uh, you know, obviously not doing my job, but I remember I watched the goal around, you know, I think what had amassed probably 20, 25 different strangers in the mall, sort of huddled around a TV in typical Canadian fashion to watch this overtime. And then obviously they scored and it was, it was a momentous occasion. And I, and, and uh, I'll never forget, like it, it was sort of, at the time, it was it was sort of par for the course because it was the Olympics. And so everyone was kind of huddled around TVs in Vancouver watching it because you were part of this whole situation. Um, but now when I think back, you know, like the world stopped uh, for that over time. And I remember looking at graphs after where like washroom use in in major municipalities like completely stopped in the third period and overtime. Uh, those cities that, that monitored it because it just like that game and that overtime captivated the nation. And, and for me, just a small 42 inch TV in the middle of Metrotown mall in Vancouver. That's
2: where I was.
0: How about you, Brady? Do you remember where you were?
2: I mean, I can barely remember where I am a couple of weeks ago, um, <laughs> but I, but I gotta say, I mean, I'm watching. Brady doesn't know where I, he is like right like now. He doesn't know where, year he, year where he is. <laughs> I think I was just in front of the TV, like yelling, screaming, throwing shit, probably had somebody pull my head out of the roof. Um, Just such elation. Uh, That's all I remember, really, is just incredible elation. I think I moved to Vancouver the year after, so I think I was just really uh, uh, excited about the whole event and everything that was going on with the, you know, Canada was winning it everything. And then this, you know, the the anticipation of this game and it was an overtime and that's where I, that's where I was.
0: I was in the living room of an apartment on 12th and Spruce that Elliot had once called his bedroom That living room. He lived on a futon there for a whole year. Uh, the year after that he had moved out as he mentioned. And then I was in that living room with my new roommate, David, and we watched that game. I, I was also working throughout the, the Olympics as Elliot was, uh, at a future shop, I got a job as a, like, a, what's the word for it? Um, like a, an ambassador or something. My job was basically to walk around the streets during the Olympics and hand out future shop flyers, future shop doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, but like flyers, right? So basically I was being paid to give away free coupons and just hang out at the Olympics. And it was amazing. Um, uh, and I was working through a lot of those big moments. I remember very clearly, similar to you, Elliot, I remember being in the future shop and watching on like the 40 or 50 TVs that are all in the TV section when Alex Bilodeau won the first gold uh, that night. Uh, yeah, that was they, awesome. Uh, but but yeah, I was at home for the for the golden goal, and I too, and I think, had to have my head pulled out of the ceiling. So anyway, 11 years ago, boys, it probably makes you feel a little bit older than you wanted to, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a Canadian iconic Canadian classic, and and now you all can you you, you can all play the game at home. wherever you win. Um, with the last minute and a bit here, Elliot. Let's let you do a little tip of the cap. You were the only one who did did the assignment, um, so we'll let you do. We'll let we'll let you take us out with your hats off for the week.
1: Okay, this is gonna sound super obscure, but in the last three years, I've become very engrossed in professional snooker, uh, which is massive on. <laughs> in the uk um but i find the game incredibly what when you understand i listen to the game i'd love to chat i could do a whole segment on snooker and why i think it's just outstanding look
0: look forward to that in a coming episode of hat trick will about
1: it wow. wow something amazing happened last week um i remember you guys all remember at leicester city how they won the english premier league they were 500 to one to begin in the year well a, a similar yeah. thing in the world of snooker where a gentleman by the name Jordan Brown, who on the uh, onset of his championship match against who is the Wayne Gretzky of snooker, Ronnie Sullivan, was seven hundred and fifty to one, oh and boy. actually won a best of his best of seventeen set in the in the final seventeenth game. Uh, then then the, he won his nine ninth frame to secure the Welsh Open Championship. It is the greatest. Uh, long shot win in snooker which is a very tactical game they play lots of different sets for so to come through and to make it even to the finals let alone Win a championship. This was the fifth time in in the in the tournament that he had to he won a match on the final deciding uh, frame, and it, it and like I said, he was 750 to one uh, going against Ronnie O'Sullivan, who was again a, a, I could do a segment on Ronnie O'Sullivan and his accomplishments in snooker. Um, but yeah, this gentleman Jordan Brown, and it was his first tournament five years ago. He was pumping gas uh, at a petrol station. Uh, in the UK, and now he's the Welsh Open
2: Championship. Uh, but where was he 11 years ago, watching the golden goal? Exactly.
0: It sounds. It sounds. It sounds like snooker's a sport or a game. I don't know. Is it a game? You call a sport. It's. A, it sounds like a competition. You need to be a Mensa member to understand.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I discovered it because it was. It's. I find it very. It's one of those games, it's so tactical and so smart, but I find it so relaxing to watch someone go on, when you go on a a run of multiple shots in a row, they call it a break. And to watch someone just clean up the table, there's something about my uh my ocd or something about my personality that i just find so relaxing watching someone with complete command of the cue ball running through all 15 of the reds and all 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 seven of the colors uh, multiple now uh, let me
2: get this straight this is this is the sport that you find like, on cruise ships right yeah it's no it's
0: that's really- shuffleboard braden that's shuffleboard shuffleboard snooker doodle billiards
2: snooker Bert million sitting there Snicker. thinking
0: Elliot's watching Professionals. What the hell's <is> going on?
2: <laughs>
1: I'll out on all this. cruise Lord.
2: Shit, they're all. Oh, clip, boys. But it's played on wait.
1: a foot by 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 six foot pool table. So just a massive
2: table, and uh, it's a beautiful uh, game. What, uh, game. what do you win beyond yeah. national glory. money?
0: Money, money.
2: Is there a, a trophy? A cup, you get to take uh, you
0: get to take the balls home
2: all right you get
0: thank you <laughs> that's Elliot, awesome for that
1: hats off hats off jordan brown outstanding upset and outstanding well story. done World
0: well done well done jordan brown uh we'll all three of us will take our hats off to you this week that's fantastic elliot you went on a bit of a uh what did you call it uh, on a on, on a break what do you call it
1: uh yeah yeah break yeah
0: yeah well you did great <laughs> thank you for joining us this week thank you Braden. And uh, this is Hatrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler coltman and Braden Dyler coltman You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. There you go.
2: I want to know That's more about idea. Snooker. Is it Snooker or Schnooker? Snooker. <laughs> snooker.